You're listening to The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by SmartWire, connecting ag retailers, distributors, and manufacturers to drive business performance. And welcome to The Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Eckelkamp, joined today by Dave Mitchell. He is founder of The Leadership Difference and one of the presenters at the upcoming 2023 Agricultural Retailers Association Conference and Expo. Dave, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here, Margie. Thanks for inviting me. So as a bit of a teaser to the conference agenda, you're going to be presenting a session called The Foundation of Peak Performance Culture. Can you share a little bit about what is peak performance culture and what you'll be sharing with the group? Yeah, absolutely. So I founded Leadership Difference in 1995 uh, after serving as I was vice president of human resources and quality for a division of Walt Disney World and had always worked in organizational development. So for the last 28 years, I've just been kind of gallivanting around the world, talking to organizations in various capacities, sometimes uh, like the ARA conference and expo, where it's a keynote situation, but other times in more protracted relationships with them. And, uh, you know, I just started kind of assembling these common characteristics of really high performing organizations. And you know, over that 28 years, 28 years is, is uh, forever now. <laughs> you know, when, when I started, there was uh, there was just barely internet, no emails, websites were like, you, you think I need a website? I've heard about this new thing. Um, so what's interesting is the concept of culture was not really widely uh, discussed, right? I mean, certainly at Disney, we put a lot of effort into culture, but it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. Uh, So over time, I just started to really try to figure out what is a corporate culture and how does that predict high levels of performance? So 28 years later, um, my fourth book is Peak Performance Culture, the Five Metrics of Organizational Excellence. Yes, shameless and gratuitous plug. I was going to work that in anyway, Dave. So you beat me to it. (laughs) I had every faith in you, Margie. But they say you got to do it three times for it to be effective in marketing. We'll get there. (laughs) So, So basically, the book was just an accumulation of all these commonalities that I started to witness in the highest performing cultures. And, and they really did um, fit a profile, if you will. So uh, what we're going to talk about in November is uh, some of these iconic things that organizations can do. Most of them surprisingly simple um, and um, why they are so influential to your performance as, a, as an organization. So, you know, you talk about corporate culture and it can kind of seem like this idea that somewhere up there, hard to get your arms around, but you've really developed, as you said, the five metrics of organizational excellence. So if you could just share at a high level, those sure. key takeaways for leaders. Yeah, well, so so the whole genesis of the book was inspired by uh, me buying a car. Uh, and and I hadn't bought a car in a while. I'm one of the I'm a good Midwest farm boy. You know, you drive it till it stops. So I had no idea how much cars tell you uh, when I bought this car. It's like they tell you everything. They they give you far more information about their state of being than we have about our own. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we had a dashboard for 
culture and so that we could just you know have idiot lights that went on when something was wrong and so that's where the five metrics kind of came from and uh you know not to walk on my own material but uh it starts with uh having a very clearly articulated core ideology for your organization what's your special sauce what makes you different and this is not the same as like a marketing brand. Um, and I, I don't want to throw out any um, cast any aspersions about iconic marketing brands, but I think we all know that the experience sometimes we've had with an insurance adjuster doesn't match the marketing brand that we hear on the commercials for the insurance company. So core ideology has to be a real thing. It has to be something that I will experience as a customer uh, that makes you different than what I would experience had I shopped at a competitor, for example. Uh, and until you really have that identified, the, you know, the other four metrics can't really be effectively constructed because they're all dependent on how do they support that core ideology. Um, and I can, I, you know, I can give an example here in Walla Walla, Washington, sure. a town so nice we named it twice. Uh, we're the heart of the Washington wine industry here. We have 150 wineries around this little town of 35,000 people. And we can't make bad wine. As an agricultural region, this is just, uh, this was God's gift to humanity. We, we grow wheat, we grow corn, we grow asparagus, we grow sweet onions, and we can really grow some amazing grapes. Um, so those 150 wineries can't really say, well, our wine's better than, than their wine, because frankly, it's, it's not. Um, so you're left to either go the price route, which generally is not great for margins if you're just going to try to be the lowest priced option. Or you have to find something about the experience of being a consumer of my products that distinguishes me from the other 149 competitors. And we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that very thing. There's some really uh, interesting core ideologies here in Walla Walla around uh, the specific agricultural product of, of, of wine. Uh, and it's just funny because the grapes literally are next to each other. They're within an acre of each other. There is nothing distinguishing them. They all, the winemakers all graduated from the enology program at the local college. Everything is exactly the same except the experience that they offer the customer. So uh, that's going to be something we talk a lot about. Um, another thing we're going to talk a lot about, because I think it's very timely, and I'm sure it's very timely among the retailers, um, it's hard to find employees right now, And which, which, by the way, good problem to have, I think, economically, better than it's hard to find jobs. So, um, you know, I'm not casting any aspersions about the, the economic conditions. What I am concerned about is the quality of the products and services and the cultures uh, as we you know, become increasingly more desperate for um, new employees. So we're going to talk a lot about why is that and what does today's employee expect from their corporate culture that probably wasn't an expectation for generations prior. Um, and so that kind of, that can create some real animosity sometimes. It's, I, 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 my dad was sure my generation would run the world and maybe we did, but I think every generation thinks the next generation is just a scourge. The, the reality is every generation tends to make things better. They're just different. And um, the quicker the previous generation, uh, you know, recognizes that, 
and starts to bend their will towards this change as opposed to resist it, uh, I think the better. So we're, we're going to talk about aware, some broad organizational development issues, but also some real blocking and tackling, you know, things you can do tomorrow to better inspire your employees, to better identify, uh, attract, and select the next excellent performer on your team. You know, how do you create an infrastructure at your organization that is appealing to uh, all employees, certainly, but particularly the, the employee of the future, the ones that we're hiring now that are gonna be our next stars. Dave, you are touching on so many themes that ag retailers and I talk about every day. So we are gonna take a quick break for a message from our sponsor and be back with Dave Mitchell, founder of The Leadership Difference. For today's Industry Spotlight, we are joined by John Brubaker. He is CEO and founder of SmartWire, John, we talk a lot about that connectivity through the supply chain. What kind of challenges are being experienced across manufacturers, distributors, and ag retailers today? Uh, Margie, we're finding that in many ways, these guys all have the same problem and that they're wanting to exchange valuable commercial information with each other in a secure way. Things like prices, uh, market incentive, transaction information. And surprisingly, the industry standard today is Microsoft Excel and stuff goes wrong. Impact of that is huge for the people who are doing the day-to-day -day work in our important industry. And how is SmartWire bringing a solution? Thanks for asking. We are a modern software and solutions company. So we are focused on serving exactly those folks in the ag supply chain, manufacturers, distributors, and retailers. We have cloud-based tools that business people can log into from their desktop and phone that helps standardize some of that information keep it safe, keep it protected, and allow businesses to share it out with their trading partners, people that they've been doing business with for 5, 10, 20, 30 years in a way that cuts time, increases efficiency, helps people make a little bit more money, understand how much stock is in the shed, all that good stuff. All right, John. So if folks want to learn more, how can they find out and connect with SmartWire? We love to talk to folks, so um, you can find us through the contact information on our website, www.smartwire.com, S-M-A-R-T-W-Y-R-E.com. Uh, um, you can get us on social media. Uh, I love to talk to customers and prospective customers directly. My last name is B-R-U-B-A-K-E-R. Look to hear from you. Love to talk to you about these issues. Lots of good stuff happening. And that is John Brubaker, CEO and founder of SmartWire. And we're back on the podcast with Dave Mitchell. He will be presenting at the 2023 Ag Retailers Association Conference and Expo. Dave, we've already talked about how culture can be a driver for recruitment and retention of employees. You know, really the theme of the ARA conference this year is launching the future of ag retail. So what do you see as some of those other trends on the horizon that you want ag retailers to be aware of around culture and the opportunity? Well, I so um, you know I'm going to slay some um, some well-established best practices and human resources, and I'm going to take them down a notch. There's 
there's some things that we've adopted over the years that really aren't particularly useful. And I think in some cases, even detrimental to our performance uh, that I would like to see, you know, adjusted and changed in the future. But, but the big thing that we're going to talk about is um, becoming much more anticipatory as leaders, being much more involved as leaders in what's happening on a daily basis. And we, 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 um, somewhere down the road, um, I don't know when this happened. You know, I, I, I'm still a product of the management by walking around era, but the the distance that's a, that's been created between like executive level leadership and even even uh, senior leadership, but not at the highest levels, but but maybe next to the highest levels, the gap between that and what's really happening on a daily basis has gotten broader and broader and broader. So this creates this imbalance where the people that have the authority to make the decisions and the changes in the organization don't really know what's going on. And the people that have the, the, the knowledge of what's really going on have no authority to, to make any changes. So you have to build in systems in the culture that reconcile that imbalance. The people that have authority need to be better aware of what's really happening. And the people that know what's happening have to have a conduit to educate those people that have the ability to make change. And there's, there's uh, one particular mechanism uh, that I used um, back in the 90s that is still, in my opinion, best practices for how to accomplish that. And I call it people preventative maintenance. It's going out and looking for little teeny sores in the organization before they get infected, before they fester, not to be too graphic here. Uh, but, um, you know, we have a tendency just to wait until something becomes so obnoxious to the employee that they're willing to storm into someone's office and complain about it. And by that time, this is probably untreatable. This is probably beyond the tipping point. Um, if we would have just had a heads up when this was a mere irritant, we could have probably fixed that very simply. But leaders, you know, we're we're busy. I get it. You know, the, the fact that we don't know what's going on doesn't mean we don't have plenty to do. Um, so we often wait until we hear something. No news is good news, right? And that is the worst possible approach. Uh, so I really feel like the great organizations already do this. And as we go forward, more and more organizations will build in mechanisms. And I'm not, and by the way, employee opinion surveys, that's a sacred cow that I am happy to butcher. Uh, that's just a waste of money. It's offensive and it does more harm than good. So that ain't fixing your problem. If you say, that's okay. No, we do an annual employee opinion survey. It's not working. There's, you had to do this in a more genuine and immediate way than the once a year, let's ask your opinion and then not take any action on most of it. So. Yeah, Dave, I am so looking <laughs> forward to your presentation. If folks do want to learn more before November, again, your fourth book, it is titled Peak Performance Culture, The Five Metrics of Organizational Excellence, and it's available. Also, folks can join us down in Orlando, November 28th to the 30th at the ARA Conference and Expo. And Dave, if I can ask you, would you leave us today with just maybe one leadership tip, something that you think everyone could put into practice today and help their business? Okay, I, I, can I do two? Because sure. you know, speakers, speakers, when you give us the mic, we, we take more. Run with there. it. Yeah. So uh, on a, on a, 
big, broad scale, uh, not sexy. This isn't a Simon Sinek moment, but I'm going to tell you the single most important little tool to predict peak performance in a culture is a very well-developed job description. <laughs> if you have really good job descriptions for every or for every role in the organization, and I'm talking not just what you do, but to the, the degree that you're expected to do it, you've got a recruiting tool, you've got a training tool, you've got a performance appraisal tool, you've got an, uh, an alignment tool to make sure that we've got everything covered. Uh, so as unsexy as that is, Margie, Go blow the dust off your job description book and make sure, one, that you have one, two, that it's been updated since the Americans with Disabilities Act in 1990, and three, make sure it's a good one, right? So that's the unsexy one. The, the sexier one is just my personal uh, mantra um, that was told to me by a very good friend when I was agonizing back in the mid-90s about, should I start my business? I'm pretty young. I don't know if I have credibility I'm not really happy in my job, but I get a lot of money for it. Am I an idiot if I walk away from that? And he simply said, act out of faith, not out of fear. Uh, and I think if we just generally adopt that principle when it, when it comes to our decisions, when it comes to our ability to trust other people, I would encourage you always err on the side of faith as opposed to being hamstrung by fear. Excellent. Well, Dave Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. My pleasure, Margie. And we are inviting everybody to join us again at the ARA Conference and Expo, where the theme is Launching the Future of Ag Retail. You can register at aradc.org. And we look forward to seeing everybody down in Orlando. For that, I am editor of The Scoop, Margie Eckelkamp. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Until we're back on the podcast, I wish everybody a safe and productive season. SmartWire helps farm input supply organizations become more profitable in the areas of incentives, price, and cost management. They provide software, data, and services that securely connect the industry with accurate, instantly available information. The SmartWire platform now catalogs data on more than 90,000 products, as well as 1 million plus trackable rebate and pricing combinations. SmartWire processes more than 10 million transactions annually with an uptime of 99.99%. You can learn more about SmartWire by visiting www.smartwire.com.